Welcome to Simple Kicking, the show by special teams for special teams. Simple Kicking provides football's latest special teams news, insights, and interviews with kickers, coaches, recruiters, and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path. And now, your host, former Division I kicker for LSU and Rice University, James Harrison. Welcome to the Special Teams Roundtable Numero Dos. I am James Hairston, your host, and before we get into the goodness that was the roundtable tonight, we've got to talk about Big Game USA. I personally use the ball at Rice and LSU, and it is the best ball on the market. Use SimpleKick2021 as your promo code. Go to BigGameUSA.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, tap Kicker Footballs, and use the promo code SimpleKick2021. But to me, it's all about competition. Uh, that competition is gonna is gonna grow you. Um, being part of a team is gonna grow you. Be part of that community and basketball and track. At the end of the day, that's what's gonna grow you. So when you get to college, you've been in those situations where you have to compete. You have to kind of, you know, win something in the fourth quarter. You know, adjust and things like that. It's just gonna help you from a mental standpoint. I think. You know, as far as recruiting these guys, that's what I'm looking for. Does he play another sport? Does he play another position? That's Huge, huge. Like, it's not about the A-ball, you know. Uh, I recently just got done doing an NFL study on some of the punters and whatnot, and um, I can't recall who exactly it was, but not a lot of guys hit above 5.0. Like, very few. I think it was like one punter had zero 5.0 balls. Hundreds of high school kickers compete for a handful of scholarships every year. And along that journey, it can be stressful. This special teams roundtable is about the complete opposite. It's about focusing on the process, competing, and having fun. So if you're a high school kicker, this episode is for you. Lee, hit the theme. Welcome to Simple Kicking with your host, James Harrison. All right, everybody. Welcome to the special teams roundtable number two. Got a big time lineup for you tonight. We got Jonathan Rutledge at Catholic U, Jeremy Springer at Marshall, and Amon Anun at Baylor. Welcome to this edition of the Simple Kicking Show. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Guys, my favorite moment from uh, the roundtable last time was when Louis Matsakis was talking about flipping a kicker's mind, especially when they're not thinking clearly. Do you guys have a story where some of your coaching brilliance came out? I, I, I want to say I have a specific story. Um, you know, I, I try to, like, I think Louie talked about it, is just keeping those guys calm, man. I don't, I don't mess with my guys during games. I tell them all the time, hey, man, practice. We're going to talk. We're going to communicate. We're going to iron some things out. But game time is your time. So I don't, I don't try to mess with those guys, and I, I try to let them get in their own own set of you know emotions and mood and if i need to talk to, to one of the guys to calm down because he's nervous and he wants to do that we'll do that all day but at the same time um i let them i let them coach themselves and, and it's game time man there's no time to correct anything by that time it's just time to go out and play that's how i kind of how i kind of approach the, the deal uh one of mine we, we're playing purdue in the music city bowl and i was at auburn in 18 and we're this is the game that goes down in the record books. We we were beating these guys 56 to 7 and a half and it was bad. It was 
they could not run with us. It was it was a blowout. But Anders Carlson, our kicker, kept kicking the ball in the middle of the field, and we're we're deep left. We want to spawn the numbers. You know, coach is getting mad, but you know we're killing them, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we went in the locker room, and this is he's kicked the ball in the middle of the thir- three times in a row. And we got in the locker room, and I went off. I just <laughs> screamed and yelled, mainly because I needed the rest of the team to know that hey, we we still got a ball game. You know, we need to we need to go out there and blank these dudes. And uh, but you know. You had to get on him a little bit, and then the next kick, he was back to normal, back back to left, where he's supposed to be. So, you know, sometimes it sometimes it pays to scream a little bit and holler and get them off that coast mode, especially when you're up fifty six seven, which I hope everybody gets that chance to do. So, <laughs> that's 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 the flip side of it, where you're not like calming them down. It's you, sometimes you got to rile them up a little bit. So. Baylor didn't have any of those. Uh widespread games this year <laughs> a lot of close ones for sure um, <laughs> you know so i mean probably just a couple of examples you know um i think number one thing is like when you're dealing with freshman specialists whether it's a kicker or a snapper and whatnot you know the rut of things right when you get in that rut you know what do you do and some of the things that's worked for for us whatever program that i was with was like hey you know showing them positive highlights of themselves you know um you know developing that relationship and um, you know, getting in touch with their parents, getting those guys involved too, especially for a freshman with how strenuous that is adapting to a college atmosphere, you know, academics, you know, time management. And then now it's like college athletics, which is a real deal. You know, um, I think just going above and beyond with those, with those freshmen coming in, um, building that relationship, you know, showing them what they're capable of. Um, those are good ways of helping those guys get out of that rut, um, spending that one-on-one time. Um, as far as game day example, I mean, the only thing I would say is like, um, you know, knowing our players and whatnot, knowing what their trigger words are or their buzzwords are, mm-hmm. you gain those, um, you know, wherever the summer workouts, training camp, you know, it could be something as simple as focus. It could be something as more detailed as up and through. So sometimes the trigger words will, you know, will help um, those guys kind of, you know, quiet their head a little bit with all the nervousness and whatnot. So. Yeah, man, getting into those big games, especially what Baylor had this year, man. I mean, y'all played close games, and what stands out to me the most is your punter, Isaac Power, and how big of a role he played in that Big 12 championship. What worked for him that got him to perform so well, and even that Texas Tech game prior to the Big 12 championship? Um, I would say it's his work ethic. You know, uh-huh. he he works very hard at what he does. Um, he cares. Um, he's determined to do um, great things. Um, we're excited to have him come back. Uh, and, you know, um, besides all of that, you know, um, we really emphasize uh, mental training here at Baylor. Um, I think that's something that's very critical. It's a very um, underrated deal, I feel like. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm really into like sports psychology and all that stuff and whatnot. Um, you know, one of the books that I probably recommend, you know, that I read during COVID was The Inner Game of Ten- uh, Tennis by Tim Galloway, you know. So just using some of those ideas and, you know, whatnot from from that standpoint, incorporating that, you know, um, you know, we, we take visualization and mental training very serious here. So. What about those boys down at, at Marshall? I mean, I know you're kind of seeing two different ways, right? 
Coach Coach Anon is really on it with visual cues, mental cues, buzzwords, etc. But on your end, Coach Springer, the way that you've handled guys is a little bit more laid back. Yeah, and and I wouldn't say it's laid back game wise, but we're very meticulous when it comes to practice, um, you know, from managing our reps, uh, scripting everything that we do from the off season to the summertime until into the fall so that we can manage the leg. We're very, very meticulous about that and about film work too. We watch a lot of film and that's from NFL film to college film and, yeah. and watching our guys. And we are very much into the details from that standpoint. And that's, and that's what I'm kind of get to is by the time it's game time for our guys, um, it, it comes down to their preparation, all the yeah. all the work they put in. It's it's showtime at the end of the day. So I am laid back from a game time standpoint, but from the preparation part, we're going to be meticulous all year round. And until right now, our guys are, are working and, and getting better for for the fall. Coach Spring, I love that TikTok. What's that all about? Man, that's just to get my stuff out there from a technique <laughs> standpoint. Yeah, I, uh, you know, anything I could help the high school coaches out. Uh, high school coaches or college coaches and for myself man i i don't know it all i I don't ever i will never know it all so at the same time if there's a coach that has something that they call a technique differently or a way to teach it yeah i am all ears man i'm always trying to learn always trying to progress in this profession i don't care what level it is you can always learn from somebody um and i got a lot lot a lot to learn and that's the that's pretty much the only reason for myself to learn but also get some stuff out to help anybody out that might might need to help yeah Coach Springer, you've—I mean, uh, Coach um, Rutledge—you you brought up Anders Carlson. You've had some other good guys too, like really good punters and kickers in your. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere, man. So I've had a <laughs> lot of good ones and uh, been blessed. Been blessed. Had the Ray Guy winner in '13, and uh, Jake Elliott was in the Pro Bowl Sunday, made four extra points, and um, he's he's a stud. He's a stud. And, and it's funny you brought up the, the tennis thing. So Jake was an all-state tennis player in high school. And that that is what separates him from the other guys. Because when you're kicking or when you're hitting match point, you're serving for match point, it's the same thing kicking a game winner. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, you know, as far as recruiting these guys, that's what I'm looking for. Does he play another sport? Does he play another position? That's – Huge, huge, because you can. Isn't that, isn't that that's so true though, dog? Like, yeah, man, if these guys don't play another sport, or they're not true competitors. It's hard for me to recruit those guys because okay. I just want to see them, you know. And they're athletes too. A lot of those guys are true yeah. athletes, as you guys know. That you've been the real ones. The real ones are always good athletes, man. They're competitors yeah. at the end of the day. Okay, y'all have all been around coaching and/or playing for the last ten years. Let's look back ten years ago. Was that the case that kickers were? as athletic uh, i think it's evolving a little bit more but you know maybe i didn't pay attention like i was a linebacker i wasn't a specialist at the end of the day so i didn't pay pay attention as much i think 10 10 15 years ago when i when i started coaching then i started paying attention more but like i said the more i watch film the more i watch these guys the more i recruit as i get older the guys that are athletes the guys that are competitors truly pan out in my opinion to be the best overall, you know, specialist when it comes to college or the NFL. No doubt. I totally agree. It's, they probably been, they were probably more athletic back in the day, honestly. Uh, yeah. Well, because, I would say, you know, they play 
quarterback or receiver or linebacker. Yeah. You know, if if a, if you're recruiting a snapper and he doesn't play linebacker or tight end or something, stop because he can't do what you need him to do to be successful. Well, and, I think the perfect example is like Justin Tucker. I I was a quarterback in Texas and we played Austin Westlake in the fourth round and Justin Tucker was their best defensive uh, back in the secondary. I didn't know he that. Picked me, he picked me off twice in the game at 200 seconds. <laughs> and, he pin, and then he pinned us inside the 10-yard line every time. I mean, it was like, <laughs> this was real. And now, look, I mean, look where he's at now. So. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. You got to, that's, you know, whether he plays receiver or whatever, or plays tennis or soccer, um, I think that is critical. Because if he's just kicking – uh, something's up there. Like, there's somebody you, you might have some issues mentally or physically, one or the other. So, it sounds like this is an attribute that stands out about high school guys that you guys are looking for as potential recruits and guys that you want on your team. Definitely. 100%. If you're a high school guy, play multiple sports. You're hearing it from the best in the country right now. Definitely, man. Play more sports, man. Play, have fun, enjoy your high school years. And, but that's, but some of these dudes think, hey, I need to specialize early. If you've got a freshman that's thinking about focusing on kicking only, what would you say to him? Take the floor, y'all. Branch Be a combo out. guy. <laughs> Be a combo guy. Not going to recruit just a punter or just a kicker. Yeah, that too. But branch out. Go – Go do something. Go play basketball, man. It's, you know, you don't get those years back and all this, you know, they'll break an ankle and all that. No. It, I mean, it doesn't matter because there's going to be times where you're going to be fine to kick and do all that stuff you need to do. You know, don't be scared to go play another sport. Go play baseball. Right. Uh, you know, the guy that set the D2 record and, and most goals made consecutively was an unbelievable – we went to high school together – was a great baseball player, played baseball in, at community college and played football, played, and it's probably a better soccer player. And, you know, just go do other stuff. It's so critical as far as your mental capacity and you're not over kicking during the off season too, uh, which can, and it can burn you out too. Um, yeah. So many good pros to that. And you could always find time. Like, like I said, you're going to find time in the summer to train, and even in, in during during a, a basketball season or track season. But to me, it's all about competition. Uh, that competition is going to is going to grow you. Um, being part of a team is going to grow you. Be part of that community in basketball and track. At the end of the day, that's what's going to grow you. So when you get to college, you've been in those situations where you have to compete. You have to kind of, you know, win something in the fourth quarter. You know, adjust and things like that. It's just going to help you from a mental standpoint. I think. What's going on? And what's going on down there in Waco, Amon? <laughs> Just got done with the nice storm not too long ago, so <laughs> <laughs> not too much competition for kicking was done outside when it was uh, fifteen degrees and icy outside. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, like uh, Coach was saying, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know. So anytime that you're seeing guys being in those competitive environments, I think that's important to see, you know. What does a competitive environment at Baylor look like? I mean, I'm a high school kicker, and I'm hearing the word competition. What does that look like and feel like at the D1 level? Sure. 
um, you know, I would say first and foremost, it's kind of like, you know, not being complacent. You know, complacency is a big issue, um, especially with uh, with our generation and whatnot. And it's like, hey, you know, um, it's always going out there and competing, right? Whether it's spring ball, whether it's training camp, right? We're going to chart everything. Like everything's going to be charted. Field goals, live kicks, yeah. um, punting, snaps, all that stuff, right? And um, like we've got six guys in our room right now. We had nine uh, in the beginning of fall camp. And there's only what there's one punter, there's one field goal kicker, there's one kickoff guy, right? One snapper, etc. Right? There's guys in that room that want your job, right? So, um, when that happens, right? You know, just making a fair, competitive environment where, like, hey, everything's gonna be charted, right? But you're gonna have to compete, you know. And when it counts, right? Um, here's the reason why, you know, you're starting, and here's the reason why this other person, this other athlete, might not be starting. Right. So. So are they competing? So it sounds like there's competition that's happening on the field, but at y'all's other stops, floor's open for this one. Are coaches also evaluating them off the field as well in terms of off the practice field? Absolutely. I mean, if their grades or, you know, character issues come up for some reason, like, I mean, right. that's not that's not good. Like, I don't think, like, at least in my career, like, I don't think we had a specialist under a 3.0 GPA that started a game for us. Wow. Yeah. I would add on to uh, the off season. You know, we're in fourth quarter program right now, like a lot of teams do, or you're doing station work early in the morning, or or weight room uh, lifts daily, and and that kind of stuff. For us, when I'm watching those, and and we're and we're running the stations, I'm watching my guys, man. <laughs> if you're if you're the long snapper and you're the guy that's always tired or not giving great effort, um, always seems to be you know pull something hurt. I mean, those are all those things you can't compete through the offseason. That's going to that's gonna linger into spring ball. And, and I think like Coach Ma said, I mean, charting everything is key. You, I think charting everything and making sure that these guys see it on paper. Hey, man, you kicked 50 field goals during spring ball. You were 60%. Well, this guy is 85%, and this guy is 90%. So you have it. You have the actual proof right there and the film, the, the proof behind it. So – constant competition is going to be key and i think having a good depth and bringing in guys yearly to do that as well to compete hey just because you started last year i'm right. bringing in the number five ring kicker this year and he's going to come and take your spot so understanding that and building that culture is uh, i think really important as well i tell my guys every year that i'm a damn good recruiter and i will out recruit you so you better keep working because that it never stops it never stops for for us, um, you got to get the best. Man, Cairo Santos was—he's now the kicker of the Chicago Bears, y'all. He had a record-breaking season for the Kansas City Chiefs three years ago, which was the most kicks made in franchise history. At the end of the season, his special teams coordinator in the exit interview just goes, "I just want to let you know, I'm bringing in three guys to take your job," and he's like, "I just had one of the best seasons of my career." I just got off the phone with one of their other kickers, and he told me the exact same thing. Yeah, man, it's a business, man. <laughs> At the end of the day, man, it's a production business, man. It's no just doubt. like our jobs, right? Wins and losses, and and every year you can't you can't go ten and two one year, the next year go two and ten. It's just the way it goes. The same thing for positions, right? You got to consistently be consistent, and that's got to be successful in doing so. What does consistency look like to you guys? Because there's people have different definitions of it. 
I, I think day in and day out, every everything you do has to be the same. You yeah. Know? Whether it's running stations or kicking um, the ball in front of the head coach, you know, it's every everything is needs to be the same. How you walk to class, everything, every you know, and your attitude towards it too. Plays Man, just sh- showing up and being elite every day, not just on Tuesday, but every day is what that sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's like you know, like what Coach said, you know, but with like repeatable actions, right? So, I don't know, like if it's on the field, right? And we're talking about punts and whatnot, you know, it's kind of like, hey, if you're hitting a 4.2, 4.4 ball and it's going 44 yards, like that should be like, you know, almost every single time versus like, hey, you know, one out of five, it's only that and everything else is like below that standard. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's just kind of like, really good repeatable actions and building that trust that, Hey, you can do it. You know, well, you look at how we, what we coach our positions, right? Punter, kick a long snapper. It's not the guy who's going to hit the a ball, right? The 60 yard or five Oh, it's the guy who can be most consistent, right? Kicking field goals from 40 to 49, that consistent, how gets the game be from there. And, you know, kickoff wise, can you put it where you need to be consistently punting wise? Can you put it where it needs to be with the right hand time and distance? I mean, it's all consistency with our position. So that's obviously how you're kind of judged too. Yeah, man, these dudes come out of these out of these kicking camps, though, guys, and I'm and I love the kicking camps, and they do great. But the problem with them for some of the kickers is that they their a ball that they think is an a ball needs to be juiced even more. So they have these higher expectations for the a ball. Yeah, I mean, I love I love the kicking camps, and I'm gonna say it right now, I love what Jamie Cole, Chris Saylor, a lot of these guys do right? because it helps us with recruiting. It really does, man, because yeah. it really narrows down the list of guys, and we can really get on the right guys at the right time. And, and you know, with what they do, it it just to me gets them on the radar on the list. And and then once you can eval the guys yourself at some point in the camp or whatever that may be, that's where you can kind of figure out if they're the, they're the right fit for you. And that's kind of how I look at that from from a camp standpoint. But you're saying that at the end of the day, look, man, when you're on my squad, I'm not looking for your A ball. A balls yeah. are great, but I want yeah. that. You, I want to see that B ball. Yeah, be exactly. really good. Okay. Exactly right. Man. Yep. Exactly right. That's that's. I can care less if you're if you're you can punt a ball seventy yards, five five. I care less. But how consistent can you hit the one that we need? That's going to help our coverage out, right? That's going to help us put us in the right spot. No doubt. What I mean, distance and hang time. What what is something that you guys would be happy with from a B ball perspective? Yards and from punting and hang time and direction. I'm I'm gonna say this. It depends on the situation, right? Mm-hmm. It depends okay. on the field zone. It depends on the field zone, right? You're backed up or you're in the open field or in the sky range. I think it all kind of varies for you, and it depends on the call, right? If you're a roll team or your directional team. That's going to definitely vary. I think that's where I think a lot of us, uh, and I can speak on behalf of all of us, I think a lot of coaches have gotten a lot better at recognizing those situations in college football. Okay. And this is what this is what we need to do, and guys have gotten a lot better at it. The uh, the old adage of it needs to match 4-0, 40, 45, 45, that doesn't really work um, that I've seen. 
you know, um, it, it's all depending on where he puts the ball, who he's punting to, <laughs> the wind and all that stuff. Uh, that 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 carries over. Um, you know, we've we've all had guys that kick a 50 yarder that goes 3.8, but the guy fair catches it. So you're like, perfect. You know, <laughs> we're about results, you know, and yeah, and we've had the guys that get the four. 44 that goes 4-4, but the guy returns it to a touchdown. So, you know, it, it varies, and um, it, it's all situational, in my opinion. Uh, where we are, we're looking for putting it on the numbers, and if you do that, we got a chance to go cover cover it down and, and do what we're supposed to do. Um, yeah, no, like, you know, like what coaches just said, right, you know, there's a lot of variables that go into it, and depending on what level you're playing at, too, if it's high school or college or the NFL, right? Like for us, our net punt goal is 41. Okay, so we try to we try to match um, the hang with the yardage, uh, just because you know I, I don't want uh, Isaac to you know out punt or out kick his coverage. You know, um, as far as direction goes, I think at the college level we can probably get away with this more, just because everybody can release right away to coverage. But as long as it's within the hashes or not in, not in the middle of the field, like from ash to sideline, like we're good with it, you know, yeah. um, especially the hang time will take care of itself. I mean, we've got two really fast flyers and we've got a very athletic snapper, you know, so those guys can get down there as long as the hang and the distance is, is somewhat matched, you know, um, but, but it's crazy, you know, I mean, like oh, what, like what coach Springer said earlier too, like, it's not about the A ball, you know, uh, I've recently just got done doing an NFL study on some of the punters and whatnot. And, um, I can't recall who exactly it was, but not a lot of guys hit above 5.0, like yeah. very few. I think it was like one punter had zero 5.0 balls, you know, and then the other punter only had one, you know, um, and most of those ranged between 4.4, 4.5, you know, et cetera. You know what I mean? Um, you know, at that level, obviously those guys can't release the coverage right away. So location right. is, is, is critical. Um, but for us, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, end all be all. Right. And that's going back to my point earlier, y'all, with which some of these guys think an A ball is a five, one to, you know, plus. And Amon, to your point, I charted uh, about uh, 400 punts from the 2021 season, the NFL. 10% of those were above 5 0. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> not crazy. much at all. Yeah. No, no. You're getting a lot more balls under, under 4.0. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not easy so, to hit a 5.0 ball. No, I mean, no. You, know, you got to get into it pretty good. Yeah. So it looks like we have a question because we have some people listening live. If you're listening live, really appreciate it because that's pretty cool. It's the first time we've done it. Um, what's more important, huddle game film or performance at the national kicking camps? Huddle game field, a uh, game film, film. Sorry, huddle game film is more important because that shows you in game. Uh, but seeing how you perform in those camps is, is good because it allows me to talk to the guys that help run the camp and then go from there. But the huddle film is more important. And then the camp eval is probably the most important, right? The in-person eval is absolutely the most important. Okay, it's like a quarterback, man. Look really good on film, but you get there in person, you watch him in camp, and he just, you know, he's, he's nervous or he's anxious and he, he – Makes a bad throw, you just get bad body attitude or, or body language, I should say. Those are yeah. things that I really, really look for. So I think huddle film, without a doubt, then the in-person eval is probably the most important, important after that. 
I'll yeah, like Louis, like Louis Matsakis said, if you make an excuse, you are not playing at the University of Kentucky. Yeah. I don't want to see yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it a step further. Any any time you get on the sticks, you should be filming. If you're a high school kicker, you should be filming on your own. Um, there's there's a lot that goes into the camps. You know, he's been to he was at Chris Saylor's camp the day before he went to Jamie Cole, so his legs a little bit more tired. So we are. Huddle is much more important because you get operation and all that. Well, his snapper's terrible. Or his holder's uh, the receiver that's never held before because, you know, the holder got hurt, punter's hurt or whatever. So I, I want to see them kick it off the ground on sticks and all that stuff, especially if you can't right. get them to camp. And that's a great point. That's a great point. Get, get them in the camp. That's yeah. A lot of these kids kicking off a block in high school is either because their holder's bad or snapper or whatever. It's like, right. well, let's see you kick off the ground first. <laughs> yeah. Um, with great points already mentioned, you know, the huddle film is definitely something that's, that, that's important. Obviously it's kind of like, Hey, if you have a bad snapper or holder, et cetera, that can, you know, plan to affect there. Um, but there's nothing like an in-person evaluation. You know, I think those uh, kicking camps, um, you know, that, that, that coach Coles and coach Taylor put together really great. I think, I think that builds a lot of like perseverance and whatnot, especially with the one-on-one deal. Um, but it's really hard to simulate the pressure, whether it's like a pump block team coming versus you or what's a field goal block team com- coming versus you. And at the same time too, like, I hate to say it, but it's like all those long kicks. Sometimes that's kind of annoying to watch is like a kick is in but it had low flight path. It's like, dude, that one's going to get blocked. But you know what I mean? Like it's, it's right. going to have some pop, you know, and, and you really can't see that without, you know, without coming to camps. Um, you know, the one thing that I've learned over the course of the past few years is like, yeah, sure. You know, go to the camps that you want to go to, like the guys that are recruiting you and whatnot. Just don't overdo it because you might go somewhere and it's freaking June 15th and you've already been to like six other camps and you might be freaking lights out on film, but then you come to camp and your legs all worn out and, yep. you know, you're, you're not kicking great, you know? So with that being said, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, trim the fat a little bit, you know, right. use wisely and be smart about the in-person evaluation because that could also hurt you. That's a great yeah, point. That's that hurt really me at A&M dude. That hurt me at, when I went to A&M's <laughs> camp and they took someone arguably, and he, he, I think he's better than me, but I, my legs were not fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, this was fun. We, uh, we're right on time. Got about a minute left. I just wanted to say thank you guys for hopping on. This was a really cool roundtable. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate, appreciate you having me. So if people want to find out more about you guys, kind of just going around in a circle, how can they follow you on social media if they want to keep a relationship or if they're interested in finding out more about you and your program? Twitter is the best way to do it. Just um, type in my name. I should be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, man. Twitter, Coach Springer ST. Uh, pretty easy to find me there, and, and I'm usually pretty good um, in the DMs, man, like we all are. And you're also on TikTok, though, too, because I want to yeah, promote that. Yeah, I'm also that. on TikTok. Yeah, I see a little technique, a little technique stuff. <laughs> you know, you guys listening, if they want to learn some technique stuff, I'll be putting some stuff out twice weekly throughout the spring into the summertime, and then once the season starts, I'm all ball, so. Uh, just working on, on football on TikTok. Love it. Yeah, Twitter for me, Coach J. Rutt. Um, 
that's usually the best way to find me. So. All right, boys. Well, that makes special teams roundtable number two in the books. We talked about uh, consistency. We talked about you know how to unlock a kicker's potential when he's at campus and then really what you're looking for in a high school kicker. So, again, guys, thanks to Coach John Jonathan Rutledge at Catholic U, Jeremy Springer at Marshall, and Amana Nunn at Baylor. Make sure you check these boys out. Check out also their specialists because these dudes are some of the best and their former specialists, like Jake Elliott, are in the Pro Bowl and having you know NFL careers that are kicking some serious butt. So thanks, everyone, for joining. This was a ton of fun. We'll catch you soon. Appreciate it, James. Thanks, James. Thanks, brother. All right, we are.